Your goal in 2018 is to take your L3? Yes. Was the L2 scary? Uh, L1, L2, both scary. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm twice as old as anybody in there. L3 scares me. Me too. <laughs> I'd love to have it, but yeah, well, it always sounds so. What What's happened is, uh, uh, and please, not medical, but I, I've gotten into that quite a bit where I understand a bunch of things because of my affiliation with Dr. Bax um, that I would have never understood. That now, um, what's please, please, no photos, no photos. What, 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 what's important is that uh, I, understand, I understand the logic so you can generalize off of that rather than memorizing some terms. It makes sense to you how people get sick and how to heal them. It's very logical to you. Like one plus one is two, two plus two is four. Yeah. Subtract one and you have three, you get yeah. it. Yeah. And you I, understand the mechanism. Yeah, I don't have any reservations when I make a recommendation that it's gonna work. I, I can take anyone who has, who's pre-diabetic and everyone I've taken who's pre-diabetic and run them through this CrossFit program has been healed. Is that something that you feel confident saying? Tyson's saying that you're like, you feel just supremely confident with your... Yeah. Uh, if, you know, nine years ago I went to see a, a my PSA was going up. and uh, Oh, we'll talk about that too. I just had my first... Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyhow, I, I want to... Uh, I hope it wasn't this. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> they, they, sorry, they, one finger, one finger. They, 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 uh, Don't take they, it personally. It, it was uh, one of uh, Dr. Bax's associates. Anyhow, he, he uh, every, everything that in my profile was exceptional, except the PSA was going up. And he just said, hey, you know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, you need to get out of town. And you need to find a, 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 a non-traditional doctor to take care of this because everything that would, they would do around here would affect you otherwise. And we don't want to affect any of these other things. And um, uh, uh, and I'll never forget this. I did exactly as he asked me to do, everything. And and then he said, you know, uh, uh, first of all, if you know if you don't want it, don't come back. You know. So I, I that's I, what the doctor told you. Yeah, and, and so I did. You know, I was, I was scared. Shit, I didn't want anything to go wrong. And anyhow, I came back and uh, you're six four, two hundred and twenty three pounds. Yeah. Now, but then I was uh, over two fifty. I just love it when big people are scared because it just and, makes me feel a little more. <laughs> I mean, safer. you know. Uh, anyhow, uh, he had all the, the the work paperwork and everything, and all my blood. All, all those and I walked in the door and he says uh, took a look at me and he says I can tell you did everything I asked you to do and I didn't say why and he says I I'm going to tell you one out of a thousand of my patients do everything I asked them to do and hell if they would just do that they would be they would get well I know what I'm doing and what did he tell you to do change your diet and start exercising well <clears throat> uh First of all, he told me I was too fat. And, you know, what do you mean? I got a six pack. And he said, uh, your 22% of you is fat. 
And he said, you need to get that down to nine. And once you do, things are going to dramatically change. I said, all right, well, how do I do that? And what he told me to do is what I've carried through for the last nine years. Was he a CrossFitter? Uh, no, but he worked out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he understood that the high-carb, low-fat diet was not the well, way? Well, he, he really understood sugar. Okay. Because the first thing he said, you know, no sugar. And I, and I say, well, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, no dairy, no grains. Uh, all processed food has sugar in it. So eat real food, uh, you know. Uh, and, and then I wasn't into this at that time, but he said, how much water are you drinking? I, I don't know. He said, well, you need to be drinking a gallon and a half every day, you know. And then when I came back after that period, I think it was three or four months, everything was where it should be. Did you find CrossFit in that time? Uh, yeah, what he told me, he said, you know, you got to change the way you're working out. And at that time, Molly and Tim, my daughter and now son-in-law, uh, had been doing CrossFit for uh, maybe a year and a half or two years. And I was still uh, pumping iron, you know. I was squatting heavy, deadlifting heavy, you know, and never missed. And how old were you at this point? Uh, 65. Yeah. And, and it, was, it was heavy. How heavy yeah, it was, were your deadlifts? It, it, it was heavy stuff, yeah. I, I mean, you Over know. 400 pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're 74 now. This is nine years ago. Yes. I'm sitting here, for those of you who can't see, we have uh, a coach from CrossFit Instinct, Mike Sedonic. Suhadonic. Suhadonic. Yeah. What kind of name is that? Uh, it's Slovenian, Yugoslavia. And we have Dr. Bax. Do you have a first name also? Craig. <laughs> and we have Andrea Cecil, who's the head writer for the CrossFit Journal. Um, Mike Sudonic. Suhadonic. Suhadonic. Yeah, that's right. Is a coach at CrossFit Instinct. Um, and Dr. Bax is one of his clients, patients, experiments. Subjects. Subjects. <laughs> uh, two years ago, um, we're coming up on two years. Yeah. Andrea did an amazing piece. If you haven't read it, it's in the CrossFit Journal. I'm sorry, I have a black and white version, but in the journal, will be a color version. Live to 100 die on your feet yeah it's amazing were you stoked when this came out big time you see the t-shirt same shirt yeah <laughs> stay in the fight so you're this big strong man you have a um and you got a big brain too you have a master's degree in mathematics you played college football you lifted weights, you stayed healthy your whole life, you found a woman and had kids, your mating material, <laughs> and at 65, you go in for prostate examination, and was that the first time you'd done that? Uh, no, uh -uh. but the, the problem was every year it was going up for the last five years, and he said, you know, I don't like that. Um, and so then you, he, he tells you, hey, you got to cut sugar out, which is, you yep. know, kind of the cornerstone of yep. CrossFit or, yep. or more than the cornerstone, the foundation of CrossFit. And um, and your daughter and son-in-law also say, hey, try this workout regimen. Right. That also involves no sugar. Um, why hadn't you started CrossFit sooner? Did you did you have um, judgments about it? Why didn't you do it? Why didn't you switch sooner? Uh you know, I like Jack and heavyweight. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it was all right to get up on the rings. And, uh, but you look like you still lift heavyweight. 
Yeah, I do. I do. But I, I've, uh, uh, what, what happened when, when I did everything that doctor told me to do? Uh, uh, I lost about 40 pounds, okay? And of which 30 of it was fat, or uh, wait. So you went from 260 to 220. Yeah, I, I, lost, I lost body fat, but I increased my muscle mass. All right, and what he said, you gotta quit just jacking heavy iron. You gotta start doing calisthenics. You gotta start doing something else. Well, that was made for me right there. I went home, and it was there. Uh, other than Molly said, uh, "Let's do an overhead squat. Put put the bar over your head." I couldn't get the bar over my head because the range of motion. Yeah, range. Of, I couldn't get it past my forehead. You know, and then she said, "Give me ten burpees." Well, I had a hard time even getting down to do a burpee. Do you have grandkids? Yes. So grandson. Yeah, so it must have changed your relationship with them also, right? Yeah, well, really, what happened is, you know, now everybody is. Uh, you know, everybody in the family is a CrossFitter. And, of course, Molly and Tim are both level twos and, you know, yeah. So you start doing CrossFit, you're doing it at home with them. Take me on the journey, like, as they introduce it to you. How do you go from this guy who doesn't do CrossFit to now nine years later you have your level two, your, um, this this renowned trainer in your area? Well, what happened after I, 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 I really liked the fact that I trimmed up. That was cool. And uh, uh, I, I liked the rings, even though I can't. I can invert, okay? And I can do toes to the bar and knees to the elbows and all that other stuff. So, and, and that's kind of unusual for anybody my age. And uh, I really like that, but... Uh, uh, you know, I'm really an entrepreneur at heart. And um, it just seemed right after that, that uh, every time I turned the television on, they were focused on butts and guts. You know, every commercial was, we're getting too fat. And you know, boom, ba-boom down the street. And <clears throat> you know, one day, not just one day, it just occurred to me, you know, boy, I lost 40 pounds in 90 days, pretty quick. I didn't suffer. If I can take this model somehow and make something out of it, uh, I'd really have something. And uh, uh, one thing that happened, I did it pretty quickly, and I got stronger. And uh, uh, so I studied things, read Tobbs book whatever it was at then and whatever I could I got my hands on Gary Taubes yeah yep and uh, then I put all this together and really realized that I'm not the one that's going to change the world okay but who will change the world uh, in my opinion at that time uh, was a doctor I think the doctors have the same power a president does. If, if a doctor was sitting in a chair and a president sitting right next to them, they would, they would get the same reverence. Right. I mean, who, who other, who, another person, name another person that, uh, you know, would, you would allow to put you to sleep and start cutting on you. If your doctor wouldn't have told you, hey, you have to change your diet, instead take these pills and get on this chemo treatment, you, would you have done that? Uh, 
Tell the truth. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, probably not, and that's probably why he didn't have what, me do that. Was he in good shape, that doctor? Uh, no. Oh. No. But he understood me. He knew who I was and what I did. You know? Right. And, uh, uh, but that, that was a big, big thing in my life. Okay, so you realize, so, so you realize that um, you're not going to save the world. It's going to be doctors. Yeah. The prescription is going to come from doctors. Doctors are the ones who have to be influenced. They have to be armed with this knowledge of yep. diet and movement as yep. opposed to pills and saws. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so had you, when did you take your L1? How long were you doing CrossFit before you took your L1? Uh, March of 212. And so your first year. Yeah. So you just jumped in with both feet. Yeah, well, I'd been helping out and working out, and then Molly said, Dad, you know. <laughs> at, at CrossFit Instinct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, really, you really need to, you know, because I, I was a teacher at heart. Uh -huh. you, know? you need to go get your L1. I said, but Molly, you know, those are puppies. She says, go <laughs> get your L1. And it was the best experience I ever had. Yeah, you know, I mean, you went to Decatur, right, to get it? No, I went up to uh, uh, River North. Oh, okay. In Chicago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love to hear that. So you're a guy who moved your whole life. You were a contractor, right? Yep. You moving your whole life. You're in your gym your whole life. You played football. Yeah. Yep. You were always athletic. And at seventy, no, sorry, at sixty-five. Sixty-five. You take your L two, and it's two of the best days yep. you ever spent in your yep. life. Yeah, yeah. That was L one. L one. Sorry. Yeah, that's L1. right. And the same thing came with the L2. They said, Dad, you know, you really ought to. <laughs> I'm impressed you took that. You ought to get I'm your L2. Um, by the way, those books there, those are for you and Beautiful. Dr. Bax. Those Thank are you. the brand new L1 training guide that is hardbound. It is really nice. Good, it's good, really good. Nice. Thank good. You. good. Yeah, you're very welcome. Um, you come back to the gym. It's CrossFit Instinct. And when do you get your first class? When do they cut you loose and actually let you teach a class? Is there any concern? Do you ever get this, hey, will you shut up? You're just a student here. Stop. Uh, uh, Stop trying to coach people. Uh, we've, we've seen some really good things happen. And that makes it awful easy. I've seen people, and, and Dr. Baskin taught to this, uh, uh, and one, he, he wrote a real passionate composition that uh, Andrea has. Uh, doctor told him he was going to die because of diabetes. Nothing else, that's it. We can't, you know, you're going. Not right away, maybe in whatever, five years. This is a patient of yours, doctor? No, but he, uh, uh, Jason. The guy at the gym. Yeah, yeah. well, he wasn't at the gym yet, uh, but his... Uh, one of his workers was. And uh, um, the worker asked me, just go meet with this guy. Okay, and he was 333, five foot six or seven. Wow. Yeah, and uh, couldn't work more than six or seven hours. And he was a station manager at that time, radio manager. Uh, uh, 120 days, he was off all medication. Clean bill of health. The only problem he had was he had its big fold of skin hanging down when I got that with him. So one of your students at CrossFit Instinct said, hey, Mike, will you go be an angel and yeah. fly over and talk to my friend and yeah. tell him that you can save his life? He doesn't have to die. Yeah. Went there that same day, and he was in the gym the next day. What did you say to him? Were, there, were there tears? Yeah, I just told him we can get it done. You know, just, uh, just listen 
to what I'm going to ask you to do, and and, and, and don't cheat on me. I'm, you know, I'm not going to yell at you. You know, you're going to have to work out seven days a week. You're going to have to buy, buy an Airdyne and use it at night, and just the typical things that we do when I get a person like that. Um, there was no pushback from him. It was just like he knew. He start making progress right away. So once that happens, done deal. And and and, and uh, Dr. Max, you got you go to the same gym. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he recruited you the same way. <laughs> you Not should exactly. tell that story. It's such a good one. <laughs> Not exactly. Tell me how, how how your path crossed with with Mike here. So Donic. Suhudonic. You got to hit the O. I'm You're trying. Okay. It's gonna You're take okay. me a little while. So until 1991, we were neighbors. We lived across the street from one another, and then we moved from that neighborhood and kind of lost track of each other after that. And we, you know, who, who moved? I we did. Um, my wife and two N- kids and nicer I. area code. Uh, not necessarily. Just a better house that suited us, a little closer to their school. So it wasn't to get away from Mike. <laughs> uh, so. Well, in retrospect, maybe it was. No. Um, but, I mean, he was this larger-than-life uh, entrepreneur in town. He was in a different business. Uh, we're about uh, 13 years apart in age. Um, but uh, You're so younger. I'm younger. Yeah, that, for the record, yes, I am younger. Um, I'm 61. And we crossed paths maybe twice in the next 20 years. And so I... Reopen my off my just around practice. town, like yeah, at, a, at uh, chamber of commerce events because I reopened my practice and I got active and going to more chamber of commerce events. And he was still in uh, the concrete business and, and and at Gold's Gym and, and so. And Mike was chamber of commerce man of the year, twice, right? Yeah, one, yeah. So is that and, a rigged? Is that a rigged event? <laughs> <laughs> no, he he earned it. He, he did. He okay. was he was a force. He was a force to be reckoned with. Springfield, Illinois? Everybody knows him. Okay. Everybody knows him. Because he doesn't care what people think. That's, uh, he takes two, do you take two parking spots? No. <laughs> I, do. I don't park in the uh, handicap. Okay. 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 <laughs> so um, I didn't notice he'd lost weight the last time I'd, I'd seen him. And I'd reopened my practice in March, no, May of 2011. And it was about a little over a year later, I get this phone call, <clears throat> sitting in my office, waiting for patients to call, and I get a call instead from Mike. And he says, uh, hey, this is um, Mike Swadolnik. Hi, Mike, I, you know, how you doing? I haven't, haven't talked for a while, things going okay? And, he's, and without missing a beat, I mean, it didn't take him about a second to get into it. And this is always a catchphrase, watch out for this. I don't mean to be critical, but. <laughs> and when's the last time you'd seen him? I don't know, maybe a couple months. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, we really hadn't, it was very casual. Right, just in passing. We, we were not close friends, right. I would say. We were very um, like a head, fr- Like friendly. a head nod or a handshake and then go on your way. Right, friendly. I mean, but not, not people that I wasn't talking to them on a regular basis. And so he'd seen a picture of. Uh, my fat face and a uh, an ad. Oh shit! <laughs> Couldn't see his chin. And did you? But you recognize? Oh, Let me tell this story, okay? <laughs> Couldn't see my chin, and um, I had I had progressively over the years uh, gained weight steadily. But I thought I was fine. I was eating a low fat diet. I was taking a statin. Uh, I had had uh, some evaluation myself. I'd had a carotid ultrasound at a 
a lipid educational meeting and verify that I have atherosclerosis, just like my father who... And that means your arteries are starting to clog? You have um, that's what That's the way most people think of it. It's not exactly accurate, but uh, it's close enough. Your arteries are diseased. Uh, it's really more of a disease in the wall. It's a disease of inflammation and scarring of the arteries. And so, um, you know, I was doing what my doctor thought I should be doing. I was exercising in quotes uh, 30 minutes on a recumbent bicycle while reading the Wall Street Journal after getting home from work uh, not too much tension and barely breaking a sweat and I was eating a, a, a low sugar grew up on it um, my mother was diabetic had had several strokes and um, so that was the backdrop and so I get that there's this pause after I don't mean to be critical but and I know he didn't drop the F-bomb in there, but I heard it loud and clear. <laughs> I said, why is it you doctors don't take better care of yourselves? And that was about as pregnant a pause as you could get after that because it was like, it, you know, it was said a number of times in our conversations when the student is ready, the, stu- the teacher would appear. And I think if he had caught me maybe a year earlier or five years earlier, I would tell him to go pound sand or some version of that or, or said, that's nice, that's, a, you know, but I'll get back to you. But it was, uh, so, I, you know, my response was, uh, wow, um, you're trying to tell me I'm too fat? And uh, he said, well, I, I want to meet with you. He didn't tell me I was too fat. He said, I want to meet with you. <laughs> and he said, I need a subject. And I said, okay. And then, then he went into his, um, you know, his assessment of the health of the population and how, I, I distinctly remember you used this word, you know, in regards to the increasing level of obesity. It, it offended you. Yeah. But you, a lot of people go around get, getting offended, but not that many people go around and saying, okay, now how do I fix that? And when, do, you, when you said offended, you mean like as a human being, you're watching your brethren just commit suicide through food and you were offended in that way? Like, or disgracing the precious thing of life? Or what did you mean offended? Uh... I, I just felt it was unacceptable, you know, and uh, um, kind of like an eyesore in the neighborhood, a, ho- a house that could be better, you know, yeah. that it would just, you know, yeah. that could be better I, care for. I, I really I believe. Wow, that's potent. Yeah. <laughs> I really believe that these people, uh, when they stripped down in the morning to go take their shower, didn't like what they saw in the mirror, you know, and. Uh, you owe it to yourself and your neighbors to keep the trash out of your front yard yeah. and sort of we owe it since we're all sort of mirrors and reflection of one another we owe it to take care of ourselves just to be a good reflection upon our society right well i think when i use the word offended i think people t- take that he was making it about him that's not it at all you know he, he he spent his career building things teaching people you know the right way to do things mathematically or whatever i mean and so i think he he just my, my i took it as I, when he called me and told me this i didn't take it as a you know i'm going to call you up just because i'm mad at you and uh, you offend me it was i want to help you uh-huh okay and he and wasn't I, trying to run you out of town no 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 in fact the opposite and i i'm i'm, I'm going to say this sort of ahead of time to any of my physician colleagues who listen to this and i hope there's a bunch of them that will uh, if anything that I say about this offends any of you uh, in the process, um, I, I would say do what I did and look in the mirror because uh, 
he was the first person who came to me and said, I care about you. For the most part, physicians don't care about each other. We compete with one another. Right. If somebody is hurt, hurting, impaired, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll give them the tools to fix them, but ultimately they get called from the herd. You know, they're the weakest and they get put out. It starts in college and on the way up, it's just highly competitive. So to have somebody like, like him call me up and, and deliver that news to me, is like, you got a problem. And uh, it was, uh, actually I felt, um, sounds corny, but you know, it, it caught me emotionally. It felt like, God, I mean, yeah, he's, t- he's giving me a hard message, but he, but he loves me enough to give me that message. And you have to be humble enough to ex- accept it because a part of you has to be like, hey, you're a fucking coach and I'm a doctor, I got a PhD. Right, I mean, isn't that like what well, could he? What could he know? He builds houses. Yeah, I, I mean, I, right. I mean, that's that's the stereotypical physician reaction. I agree, and and I I could I could go into that. I could could have reacted that way, but I was I was probably I guess in, in retrospect I was uh, not in a good place personally. You know, uh, in a lot of ways, and here's somebody who's actually reaching out to me and offering me something helpful. Right. So he, you know, but he he. He said, "I want to, you know, I I need a subject, uh, and I've been thinking about this problem, and I want to meet with you tomorrow." I'm like, what am I supposed to say? You know, my my schedule's full. It wasn't, um, <laughs> you know, and I was curious. I wanted to know what he was had to talk about. So, we got together the next day, and I found out. I mean, he, he's been like, like uh, you know, seen the movie A Beautiful Mind. He's got all this stuff where I matched out in in, the, in a notebook. And I think that's just, a compliment. It is. It is. <laughs> Um, because um, you know he he had been thinking about this for a long time. How does he use his tools, what he knows, to solve a very important problem, and also had the humility and and I think he overestimates the the power of physicians because I would say whatever power we have, we're not using it terribly well as a profession <clears throat> right now, and that's what a lot of this in, entire uh, process is all about. So he, you know, he came to my office and we talked for about 90 minutes and everything he told me was counter to what I was telling my patients, but it made a hell of a lot of sense. And so he offered, he said, give me 90 days. Uh, I need a subject because if I can, if I can fix one fat doctor, then we'll get others will be inspired to do the same thing. Um, and then we'll grow this organically, and then they'll, it'll influence uh, the community at large. Right. And so he had an idea for organic growth, and he was offering me an opportunity to fix myself first. Um, so he, he said, give me 90 days, I'll guarantee you'll see your abs. And I said, well, if I could see my toes, um, that would probably be a good start, or some version thereof. And so we, uh, uh, he said, I'll meet you in the gym the next day, you gotta come at 10 o'clock. I said, well, why 10 o'clock? He said, that, I, that's the only time I have to work with you. I said, my, my first reaction was, I'm a physician. 10 o'clock doesn't work for me. And then I looked at my schedule. And I thought, yeah, 10 o'clock actually does work. I, <laughs> you know, I, I really wasn't that busy. So um, we we got together um, at the CrossFit uh, box where Tim and Molly owned. And I, you may have seen this picture. That oh, this, yeah. This, this is that's the, on the in- this one right here. Yeah. So that that so that's you day one. That was me day one, and that's me five years later, this very same day. Five wow. Years, five years of the day. So he took forty pound. We took forty pounds off um, in the first uh, ninety days, 
and then just continuing to uh, keep those habits in place uh, another 25 pounds over yeah, the next but, but, four years. But, but, you know. Did you guys like each other? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Do you, yeah, you guys, yeah, yeah I mean, you guys are friends, right? Yeah. yeah. Like you guys hang out? No, not really, but we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're we communicate continuously. Hang out at the box. We yeah. communicate continuously, okay? But, you know, a lot of people lose, lose all that fat like he did. But at the end of 90 days, uh, toast to the bar, 150 sit-ups in a row. Couldn't do one damn sit-up. He, he doesn't like that. You know? But I had to take his feet, pick them up, pull them over his head, throw them down so he'd sit up. You know? It was that bad. So, uh, uh, at any point were you like, hey, he's not going to make it? No, never. Never. Well, he might have thought. So no. he, he asked me, you know, how long can you plank? And I said, what's a plank? You know, and uh, you know what's um, oh, what was the other thing? Can you How, how's, how's your core? And I said, "What do you mean core? I don't understand what you're talking about." So uh, I, I was clueless. You said I'm going to go back to something you said. You said you closed your you you reopened your practice. Why did you take a break from your practice? So I you know I was trained as a general internist, so I take care of people with chronic disease of all kinds, as adults, uh, diabetes, high blood pressure, uh, heart disease. Um, left practice active patient practice in 2007 to take a, a position as the chief medical officer at um, a local hospital which is much more of an administrative job but i was really interested in improving improving processes patient safety trying to you know instead of one patient at a time affect the things that affect you know scores of patients at a time if not hundreds of patients at a time and thought that was how i was going to end my career but um, i left that position after three years uh, not entirely of my own choosing in terms of the timing, and so I decided to reopen my practice um, in a solo. I had been in it with a group, and decided I uh, had had enough of um, the group culture in medicine, and decided I wanted to have more control of my own destiny. So I opened it as a membership or concierge or, uh, practice, um, and and try to re regroup and regather my patient population. Which is the I was about a year into that process when when Mike contacted me. And what do your patients think when they see you? They visit you, you know, six months later, a year later, and you're sixty pounds later. Are they just a gasp? Uh, well, a lot of them. First of all, I thought, is he okay? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I'm okay. I'm By the way, you look great. Okay. Yeah, you don't look like you're. Well, I, I appreciate that. You uh, don't look I, like you're wilting away. You look like a strong dude. I, I'll, I'll. I think I'm going to make it. Um, <laughs> And uh, so, you know, most of them kind of, uh, I think some of them kind of wanted to look the other way because they meant that I was going to be talking to them about it. And, if, you know, some of them uh, said, okay, I, I want to know how you did that because that, and it was probably more the aesthetics that, that prompted more the motivation than the health side of things. Of course. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, but, but it started slowly but surely to, to verify Mike's uh, paradigm that he was working on, that uh, that we really could not just influence patients to do things that were better for themselves, but actually inspire them. And there is a difference. Right. It's it, it's all about aesthetics until um, you have your first prostate exam. Then you you have some sort of miraculous uh, shift. Well, we, I call it the come to Jesus moment, you know, right. when people kind of get, you can, right. uh, you can do, you, 
there's many things you can accomplish with people, but first you have to get their attention. Right. And so that's been a big part of this. And you've sent a dozen or more people to clients, patients, to CrossFit Instinct? Yeah. Or to a CrossFit Gym? Yeah, because I think they get better health care there than they do from a lot of other options that are available to me, particularly in the dietary department. And do they stay with it? You know, a, bit, a lot of them do. I mean, oh, there's yeah. a few that few that don't ultimately, you know, aren't, just aren't ready for it. Uh, but, you know, even if they don't stick with CrossFit and with Mike, uh, I still find them doing more than they would have been doing otherwise, which is, you know, which is a small victory. For sure. Um, what you did here with Dr. Bax reminds me of stories, you know, in the early days when, you know, Greg rode his bike to work and he was hustling clients and, you know, he cared and he would reach out to people like that or he would see someone in the store, you know, at the Coke machine and he would be like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, and he'd be like, come to my gym. Yeah. You know, and he would take them one by one and cultivate the herd one by one, giving them attention. Um, If they couldn't afford it, he said it didn't matter. Come on in. Um, Do you have any, is this just one of many? Uh, <clears throat> that you've done that? I mean, you saw a picture of him in a, an ad for his practice? Yeah. And you're just like, man, Dr. Bax got fat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't hesitate to go meet with somebody and tell them, you know, just sit down. But really, i got to play him, you know. It isn't like I'm being critical. Right. You know, I'm being constructively critical. Yeah, yeah really. Let's agree you need help. And then once you agree and you need help, come with me. I have your solution. Deep, deep down, they all know they need help. Right. And they don't like where they're at. And uh, honestly, they don't care being told that, you know. But don't, don't tell me that kind of thing if, if, you know, there's too many armchair quarterbacks, too many people that do all the talking. Rare do they have action involved. And I, oh, I would say since Dr. Bax, I've, probably taking care of 250 people wow it's it's major and it's gotten better all along all over the age of 50 a couple under but over 40 but who had significant yeah. health issues that it might as well have been 70 my my mom went to her first crossfit class at 69 she's 73 or 4 now right she said for the first year she had anxiety every morning when she woke up. Yeah. Only for the first year. <laughs> <laughs> she, she really morning. has gotten over it. But you know, like, all, like I'm going to be the oldest person in there. I'm going to slow people down. I'm going to take too many resources. And, and, she, and she wasn't, um, she, you know, she was five feet tall, hundred pounds. Yeah. And um, and now she she loves it. Yeah. She she can't. Yeah. You know, she'll try out different boxes when she visits places. She goes to boxes. She's yeah. like in. What is that? What what advice do you have for people who are afraid, especially if, if age, be, you, they're using age as that crutch, as that fear? Oh, people are too young in there. I'm too old. Uh, I, that's perfectly natural as far as I'm concerned. And um, Everyone's scared to go to a CrossFit gym their first time, right? Well, yeah. Like no one's like, oh, this is going to be great. Yeah. But, you know, they know they're going to get results. Right. And deep down... You know, they may not like uh, to have to hear they're going to work, but you know they know the, the, the you know um, what they don't want to hear is you can't work. 
they don't want to hear that. That means they're dependent. Right. And if there's one thing people at 70 want is to stay independent. Right. And now, I don't know if you read, there's no reason I, I read all this stuff all the time. 47 million people in the United States are pre-dimensional whatever that means they're about ready to get into that step and, and there's nothing worse than that meaning where they can't wipe their own butt well that but also uh my dad and i are really close okay and then in the last couple of years you know i'd come home hey dad and he'd look at me like who the fuck are you and man that hurt yeah yeah how old's you know? your dad uh he lived till he was 75 okay yeah, and, and and my mother would be behind a, don't you say anything, you know, he'll be okay, you know. And boy, that, that you know, let's prevent that. We can prevent that. And and did he have a diet of bread and and the sugars? And yeah. Did, did he smoke? No, no. Have you ever smoked? Uh, uh, no. Never? Yeah, I've smoked a cigarette and a cigar and all that, but no, I haven't smoked. Never, never like you were just studying cramp? from math exam? No, no, no. Wow, you dodged a bullet. How about you, Dr. Bax? Did you ever smoke cigarettes? Oddly enough, in medical school, yeah, in college, but uh, not since then. Yeah, I smoked in college like a champ. Yeah. Chain smoked. It yeah. was just like yeah. at the beach, Yeah. on the way to the gym, on the way home from the gym. You dodged a bullet. <laughs> yeah, I was lucky. <laughs> when you think, so your dad, you're, you're 74, and your dad passed away at 75, there's got to be like, there's going to be, you're going to turn 75 yeah. and you're going to pass through that. Yeah. And it's got to be like, because I think of my parents, well, I think of my grandparents, both my parents are alive. Right. But right. I see my grandparents' age as sort of that marker. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like I'm doing everything to push back against it. Yeah. Are you still getting better as a CrossFitter? Are you making yes. improvements? Yes, And, and where do you see those improvements? Uh, you know, it, 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 there's 10, 10 dimensions. Right. And one, one slows down. So right now, uh, I'm trying to stay in a squatted position every day for 10 minutes. Straight? Yeah. Like at the bottom of a squat? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But at, at nine minutes, I'm shaking, you know, and it sweat's dripping off the, you know, on the floor. Uh, wow. One minute would be hard for a lot of people. Yeah. Much younger. Uh, how did you come up with that? Molly, my <laughs> daughter, she's doing it 26 minutes. Is she really? Yeah. So wow. there, I'm, there, I'm, there's this trail of humility. You're learning from your daughter, yeah. who at one point in your life you knew everything better than she did, yeah. and now she's <laughs> leading the way. Yeah. And you have a physician yeah. who has the, yeah. the mantle to speak, Absolutely. and he's humbly coming to the coach yeah. to share the information. You know, great. that's... You know, on Jan 1, we're, we're launching a new web property, um, CrossFit Health. Um, it's, it's, it's not going to be anything like CrossFit.com. It's basically only going to focus on what Greg calls the mess. <laughs> and the mess is we spend more money than any other country on healthcare, and yet we're not at the top of the longevity. Not even close. Not even close. Yeah. And why is this happening? And, and, and Dr. Bax was talking about it, about how all the information that he had for health was the opposite of the information you gave him. Yeah, if you look at the paper today, that the local paper here, 
and they were talking about do we have a local paper well whatever santa cruz <laughs> right the sentinel it's like down the street isn't that the one down the street i don't know that's awesome <laughs> i didn't even know that headlines you know diabetes 26.9 billion dollars being spent then they interview this one doctor at this medical school and if you read that it's in bold print he basically says uh, well, you, you can't blame the people. Um, uh, a family of four can get a dinner at McDonald's. A family of five can get a dinner at McDonald's for $15. Though if they were to go to Whole Foods, it'd cost $80. That's bullshit. Right. That's not true. That's not true. You're right. And so here's a professor at some medical school, you know. He needs to be woken up. Right. Well, if I may just Please. add something here. Every time you hear something like, Twenty-seven billion dollars of cost. Turn that around. Every man's cost is another man's income. It's a twenty-seven billion dollar industry, right? That's feeding, and and from which a lot of people are currently benefiting and profiting from treating it. So, to say to them, we're going to shrink that by, you know, making people healthier, is not going to excite that industry to see shrinkage any. You know, they, nobody wants to see right. shrinkage, right? Right. The industry is perfectly healthy. Right. The industry is healthy. <laughs> right. It's getting healthier. Right. Yeah. It's bankrupting. It's bankrupting our society. It's taking resources from other things we need to be have available to us. You know, education, transportation, defense, whatever you, you know, whatever your political bent is. But um, I'm here to tell you, as somebody, I'm a, you know, I'm a mainstream physician. As mainstream as they come, I've been president of my state medical society, my county medical society. I've been chairman of the board of state medical society. I'm a delegate to the American Medical Association, and um, you know, it's starting to feel like more like a swamp. You know that that we're just, we are not part of the solution. You know, we are working the problem. We are finding ways to treat the problem. In, in many ways, we are all seeking ways to benefit you know, from treating the problem, uh, but we aren't solving the problem. We, I, I've met with several doctors with Greg where we go to talk to them about this crisis, and they say that type 2 diabetes is not caused by sugar, it's caused by obesity. Yeah. Well, and when you well, hear that stuff, <laughs> it's... Um, it's difficult, but, yeah. but, but it points right to the problem, right? right. Well, I, I mean, I got into an argument. It was an argument. I didn't, you know, it wasn't even a debate with an endocrinologist at an AMA meeting. The Obesity Caucus at the AMA, so this is a group this. of people, and he says, you've got to give your patients, your diabetic patients, sugar, otherwise they're going to get hypoglycemic when you give them their insulin. Yes. And I'm like, yeah. what do you, I mean... I also have a model. They never argue with an idiot. They just drag you down to their level and beat you with experience. And, and uh, so I just shook my head. Never argue with an idiot. They drag you down to their level and beat you with experience. That's yep. that's a t-shirt. It's amazing. Even though it's a bit long, yes, I like it. I like it too. Yeah. I got a million of them. So. <laughs> well, he looks for this. So, oh, sorry. Okay, go ahead. So, I was going to tell you about my first prostate exam a few months ago. And these, you know, the first one's shocking. Remember your first one? <laughs> oh, no, I've had many. Oh, you don't remember the first one? No. Oh. I'll tell you all no. about the first one here in a minute. Sorry. These are these are the snacks that they were serving at the obesity caucus. What is it? It's potato chips, uh, pretzels. Um, at the obesity caucus. It's something caramelized with sesame seeds on it. 
and it's uh, pretzels. And um, oh, it's those rice checks things mm -hmm. that are so good. But <laughs> each one you feel your life shortening. And then this thing that looks deep fried and caramelized. Wow. It's sugar lay sugar. Did you did you fill your plate just to take the picture for ammo? Uh, I did. <clears throat> I did. And uh, I'm I also then informed the leader of it that I won't be coming back. Cuz cuz the the obese the obesity caucus at the AMA is is physicians who are in, who are involved in treating obesity. Right. Bariatric surgeons, medical treatment of obesity, uh but therefore nobody's really interested in preventing it. What do you think about bariatric surgery? Do you have much experience with it or thoughts on it? Uh, as the last resort, I think it, you know, somebody who has failed everything else, um, it certainly can reverse diabetes in the same way that what we do. But I've had uh, patients side by side, one who went through bariatric surgery and then another who went through, started about the same time with, you know, working Mike's, Mike's work doing his magic with him and Mike's patient patient got a much sig more significant drop in their visceral fat uh, than the bariatric patient did what do you mean last period. resort <clears throat> meaning the person can't not stick food in their mouth well what is that what like what, bariatric surgeries for people what fundamentally bariatric surgery does for most people in the way it works is they just end up eating less food uh, they, what's done mostly now is called a sleeve gastrectomy. It just makes their stomach very, very small. It does remove some portions of the stomach that cause some hormonal changes that help with obesity. But the bottom line is that they try to eat uh, more, more food, they just feel horribly sick immediately. So um, it, there's a dramatic reduction in calories. So if you're going to accomplish the same thing with, you know, willpower, with discipline, with reinforcement, with community, you know, with, with a, an effort to, to reinforce good behavior, you get the same results or better. And, and, the, and the, the, what, what's the success rate on it? Like we saw the governor, Governor Christie, he had that, right? He had some sort of, and, and he's huge, right? Yeah, he had a lap band procedure, laparoscopic, he put a band put around his stomach. And, like he got skinny and then fat again. Yeah, and they tend to, they, they tend to overcome it, you know, at some point. It's, there's, you, it's a, you win over the surgery? Eventually, yeah. The sleeve gastrectomy, it's hard to win over it. Uh, it's a little more effective. But, you know, I, I, I mean, even the patient that, that I'm referring to that had it done, I think would admit in, in all honesty that it was, the real benefit was it, it forced him to control his craving for sugar. By being sick or vomitous if he overate. Right. It almost have, turned him into a bulimic, you know. Mike, have you had very many clients who've had the surgery that you know of? I haven't had any. Now, anybody that I deal with... Uh, I mean, would you know? I guess you would know. You yeah, have an intimate I would relationship yeah, with them. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it, I get them to uh, behavior modify and... Uh, you know, I don't know, we'll get into this, but right now I've got th this group that um, all are overweight, you know. Yeah, let's get into it. And uh, I guess, I guess right now I'm into uh, the 150th day, okay. I've had 90 
days with a group, and then I started another 90 days. And um, we're doing this fasting, which the basis of it is eight hours to eat and 15, 16 hours not to eat. But Andrea knows a little bit about it. It was in a paper. And um, uh, the key to that is that I communicate with them every morning. Uh, at 3.30, they get a ding. A text. A text. All 150 people he texts at 3.30 in the morning. They're in fact, I started... Yeah. 3.30 was 1.30. Right, here. So yeah. I, I started at 1.30, then I took a nap after that. <laughs> all, all on one text thread? Individual. And why? Whoa, whoa, what do you mean individual? You text 110 people? Yeah, How many people yeah. are in the program? 110? Uh, right now, there's around 120. It's okay. about, we're on okay. day 150. Okay. Sorry. And you text all 120 of them individually? Yeah. Yes. And the reason is... Are your thumbs sore? <laughs> well, no, the reason is, is uh, they respond. And i got to be quick. Uh, uh, email is, even though I'm going to go to email, because I have to, or else i got to find a better way. You need an assistant. Uh, I agree. <laughs> but, but, so, 3.30, I got their attention. I'm number one on it. I'm number one that day. Right. And I got them thinking. Okay, so, so let me go back a second so I fully understand this. You have 110, 120 people, and on day one of this program, you say, hey, guys, we're only going to eat in a window of eight hours a day. Right. Is everyone on the same eight hours? No. No. You don't have to, to You get to choose your eight hours. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And you're accountable to yourself, but also to Mike Suhudanik. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how'd I do? And real good. Okay. Yeah. And um, so th after 90 days, um, how many of those 120 stayed the course? Uh, they continue. They're in the beta group now. Okay. They were the alpha. Okay. And now they're the beta group. And then, and I really only day one started with nine people. Okay. And I let so those people start talking. Okay. Can I get in this? Can I get in this? And then we have how many people from your gym? About half. Um, do you get a lot of whining? Oh, Mike, I forgot to eat. Or, oh, Mike, I was doing this. Can I eat now and cheat? Yeah, my, my, my daily message has a lot to do with that. You know, I, I attack the issues and, and what, tell them what to watch for. What, and, what kind of excuses the brain will make to try to get yeah, you around yeah, those yeah, eight hours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rational thinking is really, is, is really a crime. It's the enemy. It's the enemy, yeah. And then what we have is uh, I got several other doctors I got one that's connected that gets me a room in a hospital and so we meet every 30 days for testimony and that reinforces that sounds like you're starting a cult uh, a movement a movement yeah yeah Cu a culture a, a culture <laughs> thank you what are you seeing what are you seeing from your phenomenal results people who only eat eight hours of the 24-hour day well it's, it's more than that okay, okay. uh, uh that's step one. Yeah. So first of all, you got to not eat sometime, somewhere, okay? And I, I, I took this ahead of everybody else, what they're doing, because this isn't revolutionary. This, but, okay, so in that eight hours, we are called fasters right there, okay? And you see the brain on there. That's really my number one. That's what I'm really after, everything else. But that, that's, if you ask me what I would focus on. Okay. Because of your dad? Well, because me, 
Okay. I mean, I don't want to get like that. Okay. And, and, you know, I have no problem waking up in the morning. And I love what I do. Right. Uh, it's obvious. I mean, and, and anybody could be that happy because, like, the, you know, when I see somebody so dramatically change. Oh, I found something. You're building a support team for yourself. <laughs> Aren't we all? I love it. I'm getting it. I'm well, getting it. Well, what happens when A changes, A talks, uh-huh. and then A supports beta? Uh-huh. You know, and, that, and then we meet, and they stand up, and they gloat. They can't help but talk enough. I don't have to say anything. I right. start, to, start the discussions and then go. And, and you know, it, it's, it's just wonderful. But let's go back to those eight hours. Yes, sir. Okay, no sugar. Okay. But more even important than that, absolutely no processed foods. Okay. And people don't understand that. Uh, uh, the, the, the companies, the organizations that take stuff and put it together and call it food, have only one objective in mind, one and only one objective in mind. And that is, once they eat a portion, once they eat some, they have no choice but to have a second helping. No choice. These people, these organizations, companies that put stuff together and call it food have the smartest chemists in the world. And they know how our brain works. And that's sort of the end of the story. Why are people fat? Why the reason is they became insulin resistant. Okay, they ate too much, and 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 what's in all processed food? There's 61 OSEs, 61 types of sugar. So when you look at it, most people don't even understand what's in there. Tell me, OSE, what's that stand for? Like glucose, sucrose, fructose. It's an acronym for something, though, right? No. It's the last three Uh-oh. letters sorry. of yeah. sugar. Yeah, I'm okay. sorry. No, no. It was, it was actually a great line. I'm just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm too myoptic or too stupid. Let's go with myoptic. <laughs> so in those eight hours, hey, if it's, if it's processed, you don't eat it. So that's a real big thing for them. So they got to start thinking, you know, what can I eat? And it's almost like they're stupid. What do you mean, what can you eat? There's all kinds of things to eat. Um... Uh, so processed food is out. Then obviously sugar is out. And then, you know, all Americans drink milk. Well, no dairy. No dairy. All Americans in Springfield. Yeah, milk. especially in Springfield. Not in Santa Cruz. But well, and, and <laughs> it's co- then, coconut water here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, then, <laughs> and other trick shit. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then uh, no grains. I uh-huh. don't care. I, 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 I don't care. No grains, you know. And then limited the fruit, you know, uh, berries and green apples, and and, and limited just what cross limited starch. Uh, sweet potatoes are good. Are you close to being vegetarian? Uh, I, I I'm I'm plant based, you know. You you wouldn't call yourself vegetarian, but you don't chase the meat. 
No, I don't chase meat. I, you know, I, if people want to eat meat, that's okay. You know, but just don't eat a lot of it. But you don't eat a lot of it. No, I don't. Will I you, did. Will you go days without eating it? Sometimes, just by like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, any negative effects of that? Any? No. Uh. Uh-uh. No. Any change in performance? No. Doctor Bax, do you eat meat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems like there's less than I used to. Yeah, it seems like there's more and more people um, going that route also. You know, really, really reducing the meat. Really, really, you know, going more and more plant-based. And, and it makes sense, right, if you're, only, if you're not eating processed foods. Yeah, yeah, you're going to get all your nutrients from, uh, but you got to eat plenty of it. You, you know, and I eat, I probably, if you were to look at calories uh, on a daily basis, uh, you know, especially now I'm eating a little more fruit than I did, and I probably close to 5,000 calories a day. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I eat a lot of food. Um, what's the plan for these people? Where do they go next? Like you're 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 taking them on a march. Is there a destination? Yeah. Well, so maybe a month ago, I slipped in doing exercises. Okay, and s- slipped in what I did this morning to start everything out. Something they can do. Okay, like walking. A lot of mobility. Yeah, stand up, lay down on the floor. What's the biggest deal with people that are getting older? If you get a hip that screws up, you're dead. People that, so, lay down on the floor, get up. So get up with your right leg, then get up with your left leg, and do it again, and do it again, and do it again, is one thing. Hold a plank for a minute. Some basic functional movements. Yeah, and then stand up and stand on your right foot for 30 seconds. (coughs) Stand up with your left foot for 30 seconds. Take six minutes. In a month, they're going to buy a jump rope, okay? And they're going to try to get one jump, and we're going to progress. And by that time... Do you have double unders? No. Oh, yeah, me no. neither. I mean, I kind of do. You I did. Do you have one? What's your record? You I did. I had one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they gave us 10 minutes in, in two, whatever it was, two thir- uh, 2013 uh-huh. in, in, in one of the Opens. I've been in the Open every year, and... Uh, 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 to do how many double unders? Shit, it was six minutes <laughs> of trying, and finally I got one. Do you have, do you have a double under, Doctor Bax? Oh yeah, yeah, <clears throat> but not good. I mean, not not, not in succession. It's kind of alternating. Yeah, the alternating ones. That's yeah. how I roll. So you're getting them. Your um, diet, movement. Then well, they they've got to read too. Uh, you know, it's nice to give. How many people that you give a book to read it? None. None. Right. So, so what I provide them is about 250 words. Okay. Every morning. On an Instagram post or a email? Text. Text, text. okay. And, and I'll tell you what, here's a horse. Anybody that can write like that, that's a talent. Yeah, I agree. I've had to learn that. Yeah, okay. she made you cool in this article. Well, she did. She, <laughs> she did a wonderful really job. Cool. Yeah, and you too. Uh, That's a real accomplishment. But, but get 250 words with content. And there's got to be a little story in there that people can endear to, that maybe it's kind of them that I'm writing about, and slowly slip in little extra things they're going to have to do that day, you know. Are you a religious person? Uh, you know, I believe in God. Like you go to church on uh, Sundays? No. no uh, 
but you kind of are the walking, um, I guess CrossFit's kind of your church. Your community's your church. That's an understatement. His Instagram ha- handle is Wadfather1. And, and I like it. And, 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 you, and you walk the walk. Yeah, I have to. That, you know, you gotta be authentic. And just like this fasting, you know, I don't know what I dropped, but uh, everything, everything got better. You start them on the fasting and the processed foods. Why not like do it in steps? Is that like um, just cut out the processed foods or just fast? Why both at the same time? Uh, don't delay the agony. Okay. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and in 10 days it's over with. The biggest problem you have is sweating through stopping sugar. I mean, Dr. Bax went through that. And I just say, look, just, just give me seven, 10 days and you're gonna be okay. And your leptin will start kicking in. Was it hard? Yeah, it's a drug. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's an, yeah. I mean, an addictive it, it, drug. It stimulates yeah. the same brain centers as uh, heroin and crack cocaine. It's pleasurable. They, they call it comfort food for a good reason. Did you replace it with something? Olives and nuts. <laughs> uh, that got me through. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, but most people don't feel empowered to eat those things because they have fat in them. Right. And I didn't feel that. And he, he said, uh, you know, he taught me how to eat that way. And uh, so, you know, Find other things that I liked. Coffee, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Black. I mean, no, but uh, you don't drink any milk. Oh, you don't even do cream because you don't do milk. No, no dairy. No. When you think about it, it's a processed food. It's, oh. Yeah. My so. good buddy in the next room over here, Tyson, doesn't do any cream in his coffee. I do cream. Do you do cream? Oh yeah, breve latte almost every morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, here, here, when you're, here like, when you're young, you can get away with these things. Here, <laughs> here here's you got it. When somebody's 100 pounds overweight, no, no right. cream. Right, right. When when they're they're like this, you got to control yourself. Well, I mean, somebody. Well, well but I'm not st- still no processed foods. Yeah, I mean, there. Are, I think what I don't know what you're about to say, but you could. There is possible that you could look have a body type similar to mine. And for the record, I think I'm probably a little too skinny, um, and still be metabolically ill. Oh, yeah, for sure. sure. Or, yeah, and I think sure. people have that misperception, for right? Sure. Like, like when you went to the doctor and you said, yeah. I have a six pack, what do you mean I'm not yeah. completely healthy? It's that kind of notion that's well, still I, pretty prevalent out there. I, I think just it's cut. really important to point out part of this process has been measuring people precisely. Yes. Um, right. What do you mean the, by that? The weight or the scale lies. I mean, it doesn't differentiate between water, bone, muscle, fat. People with high, you got people all running around here, all who have very high BMIs would be told by their doctor, well, you need to lose weight, which is completely nonsense. Right. And we have plenty of people who walk through my office, little old ladies who are BMIs are 20, but they, you know, they are sarcopenic, they have very little muscle mass, and they have high visceral fat levels, and they're pre diabetic and insulin resistant. Right. So, you know, the real eye opener for us was uh, starting to use the, body composition analysis about uh, 15 months ago. Tell me about and that, what's that like? They walk <clears throat> in and you do, you measure? So there's a variety of different oh. ways you can you can do this, but the only thing that makes any sense to me, it's gotta be, it's gotta be quick and relatively inexpensive. Right. And like ideally that. portable. Yep. So we use a bioimpedance analysis, uh, it's called an InBody 570. Um, I'm told that they actually had them at the games this year. I didn't know if they... Do you send them somewhere to do that? No, I have it in my office. Oh, okay. So it's... um, It kind of looks like a... Like the bottom of it sort of looks like a scale with those metal plates that that measure body fat. Are they expensive? 
you hold on to something too. Uh, the, each, the device itself costs about ten thousand dollars. I can't just get one on Amazon. Uh, you could you could buy one. Prime. You guys should have one here. Prime yeah. Seriously, um, I mean, I'm not I'm not getting a commission on these things at all. But what's that uh, thing you have on your on the desk right there? That thing looks fun too. So. Um, well, can we just cover that? Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. Uh, Keep, me just, yeah. Keep me on track. Keep me on track. I'm sorry. I'll, if you, if you <laughs> for a second, I'll start talking about my prostate. So well, you're on your own there. Keep I'm, talking. Keep talking. I, I'm not licensed to practice prostate exams in the state of California. So All right. Safe, All right. Okay? So, um, but the, the body composition by, by measuring that visceral fat is a, you know, it, I call it the check engine light. You know, it's like your check engine light is blinking. You are... On your way to becoming diabetic, why do you want to wait until it's actually blown up and you actually are, you know, you you are a diabetic, you need insulin or you need medications? We can reverse this. Go see this guy, you know, and, and really the it's a team father. Effort. The wad father. So and and they everybody who goes through this program gets measured initially, and then they come back at thirty. And actually, what I'm telling people is come back in two weeks because I think people need to see results of their efforts quickly. Even if it's minuscule, even if it's just like a, a percentage point drop in their percentage body fat to reinforce the behavior, then because the, the measurement provides the motivation and then the momentum to maintain that, that motivation to keep going. So we, we, use, we use measurable results uh, as, as just like you, you use PRs in CrossFit. Right. So, and this thing is a, um, ever heard of ultrasound? Yep. Um, so my wife does that when she gets pregnant, right? Right. They okay. do that to to assess for fetal heart tones, for size of the head, and baby how many growing, babies how many, are in there? How many babies? All this very safe, very non-invasive. Um, this just happens to be a portable, pocket-sized ultrasound, and we look at the arterial system uh, by measuring the thickness of the wall of the carotid arteries and for the presence of arterial plaque. Wow! So, so we can tell you if you have atherosclerosis. You could check me. I could. Wow! You would, we just have to keep it a secret because I'm not licensed to practice ultrasonography in the state of California either. Why do you have it with you now here? Because uh, I wanted to show it to you and uh, make it part of the conversation. Because the measurement is really key to improving things. Anybody who uh, one of the things I, one of the valuable things I learned by being at the hospital for three years as a CMO is in process improvement. If you want to improve something, you have to measure it, and then you have to measure what the effects of the improvement is, and then improve the process. So, so many people are walking around, so they measure their cholesterol. You don't die from high cholesterol. You know, you die from arterial disease if you're diabetic. Right. So, why not measure it directly? Well, because insurance won't pay for it. Well, it's uh, you know. $150 for this to, to get it done <clears throat> to find out if you have the disease that could, you know, you know, drop you suddenly. And this can happen even to people who are athletes uh, who are eating clean. So, you know, there may be a, there may be a genetic or metabolic issues that they're not aware of that, that are modifiable uh, if they know about it. Are, are insurance <clears throat> companies in contention with um, the doctors? Wouldn't they want people to be healthier so that they would pay, have to pay out less? No. For, no? The, for the record, I did not pay you to ask that question. No. So I think it's a very important question to ask. No. I mean, I would think insurance companies would be ecstatic about the CrossFit community because then they don't have to pay you as much. So if you're an insurance company executive, do you want to see your insurance company revenues grow next year or drop? I want to see them grow. So if people are suddenly healthier and using fewer 
healthcare resources for what you're paying, would the revenues likely be growing or dropping? I, I would see them as as not as not as I, I don't know how it would affect revenues, but it would affect profits as growing because I'm getting to keep more instead of giving it to you, the doctor. Right. So what but, what am but, I missing? But the point is that there is this hand, right hand left hand relationship between the providers of healthcare and the payers of healthcare, with the possible exception of Medicare, which is a public program that actually does behave a little differently. But the behavior I've seen from insurance companies is that they're happy to pay out as long as they can collect the premium. It's like a bank is doesn't want to see a, be a smaller bank next year. They want to be a bigger bank. The casino doesn't want to see fewer gamblers. They want to see more gamblers. They, right. The more money that runs through the system, the more money sticks to the bottom line for the profit. And all the processes that they build into the into it that make us crazy, like prior approvals and you know uh, the drug approvals and all these kinds of things that right. you have to go through. They're happy to get you know they get paid to do all that. So why wouldn't they? Why would they want to see people not need these things? So between insurance, pharma. You know, there's clearly no incentive to see people get healthier. So I, I, I think the one message that I had hoped to get out in, you know, in, in this conversation is uh, just because an insurance company wants to get out of paying an individual claim right. doesn't necessarily mean that they want to see reduced health care costs overall. And, I, and, I, and I'm assuming that there are certain procedures that they want to be see done as opposed to other procedures, ones that are more profitable ones that lead to less payout. I mean, I'm assuming that it, it's kind of scary to think this, but I'm assuming that the insurance company has a huge say in what procedures go on in the world and which ones don't. Without a doubt, yes. By what rules they put on the doctors. Right. They've also created a culture that if insurance doesn't pay for it, it isn't really good. Uh, it's sort of twisted around the right. know, 30 years ago. Right. Med medical necessity determined whether insurance would pay for it. The doctor said it was necessary. There, you know, therefore they would have they would pay for it just because the patient decided they wanted to get something that wasn't good enough. But they've managed to turn that on the head now. On its head now, if the insurance plan says it isn't eligible for payment, then in the patient's mind, it isn't medically useful, and that is a challenge for healthcare, like what's being provided through CrossFit. Uh, or through practices like mine, which focus on prevention. So we, we need to uh, focus our attention on in, you know, identifying people who are willing to invest in themselves, uh, in their own health and their own well-being, uh, or uh, other people who are willing to pay for that, like employers who see their employees, especially high-performing or high-value employees, as uh, just as worthy of a... a a prevention plan, a maintenance plan, as the damn printer that's sitting in the corner. Right. How many doctors are at CrossFit Instinct? Maybe three or four. I can yeah, think I of think, three off the top of my well, head. Well, uh, uh, Diane, Sue Jane. Right. You. So Diane's an orthopedist, Sue Jane's yeah. a radiologist. Peterson. Peterson's a gastroenterologist. Um, Is Dr. Glass still practice? Uh, He's yes. a dentist. Uh, several dentists. Different. Several dentists, yeah. And that's another thing you need to start paying attention to. Your teeth. Dentists. Dentists. Meaning we can't let them get fat? <laughs> or we need to listen to their advice on health? Or what do you mean? Well, there, there's a... <clears throat> I want to go back to how many doctors are in your box. I'll circle yeah. back. I won't forget. There's a significant connection between your 
periodontal and oral health and your health in general because of chronic inflammation. I'll just leave it at that. So if you see inflammation in your mouth or if you're having issues in your mouth, that's like a sign that, hey, something's going on inside? Makes it more likely you're going to become diabetic. Makes it more likely you'll have a heart attack or a stroke. And what are, what are those signs? Like if your gums hurt? Plaque? Well, well the latest, the, you know, the most advanced signs, are if your gums are bleeding, you're, you're in big trouble. But even before that, the pocket depth that they measure when they, you know, going for your hygiene checkups. Um, and, and then there's other more sophisticated tests that are only starting to get into the mainstream of this. Uh, you're looking for the specific bacteria in the mouth that we do as part of our prevention program for heart attack and stroke. How's your bacteria in your mouth, Mike? Uh, it's uh, it's good. Yeah, you look like you got a nice mouth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, got I, nice, you got a nice voice. I, I oil pull every morning. You do what? Oil pull. What's that? Uh, I use coconut oil. Uh-huh. And I take a tablespoon and hold it in my mouth for 20 minutes. Do you do that while you're holding the squat? Uh, I could. It'd be efficient. <laughs> You know, Josh Bridges was here, and uh, the games athlete, and he asked me if I clean my ear one at a time or two at a time. I said one at a time. He's like, that's totally inefficient. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I think I've ever seen someone do I'm trying to share some efficiency. Here, before we we leave this, this is what the in-body finds. Okay. That you don't see by looking at somebody. What, What am I looking at? Is that a heart? Yes. That's a good one? That's a good one, and it doesn't have... Uh, visceral fat. What's around? That's what that is. That's that visceral yellow stuff? Yeah, and if if Isn't that's that if that's like that, your your uh, or re- your kidney, uh, uh, you know, so, your liver, your. So can you reverse that? Just yep. cro- get on the CrossFit food and and yes. and. Yeah. Uh, get on the Mike Wadfather diet and. Yeah, uh, it's it's a fat that, of course, you got to diet, but leaves quickly if you exercise okay now this is this is really gross by the way yeah just it doesn't even look real it's real uh and that's the way that's the way a a yard fed cow's heart looks like pig wild animals that just eat his foods. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're saying greens. when you feed a cow corn, his heart starts to look like that? Yeah. Yeah. That makes and sense. And they're unhealthy. And, and that is what a skinny, fat person's heart looks like. Oh, there you go. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Oh, because they're eating those cows. It, you, well, you eat no, cow not necessarily. A skinny, fat person is a person that has fat like this, but no muscle. Right. And they may look like Andrea, you know. Poor diet, but with restricted calories. Well, I, I, I don't, I, you know, I, I never used the word calories, even though I had to say I did 5,000. Um, um, we'll give you an exemption on that. We'll uh, edit that out. It, it's whether you're insulin resistant or not. Okay. And, and which, which happens from eating too much sugar? Which happens from being stay stay fed people graze you know they they get up they start eating they don't quit eating until they fall asleep right and they don't give a chance for their body to use up that sugar and start eating the fat and ketosis yeah yeah you know it takes about 10 hours 
to to clean all the all the, all the glucose whatever out and you, then is your diet that strict do you wake up every morning and what what is what are you doing for food how do you eat uh tell us the mic plan yeah i eat, I eat at 2 30 in the morning okay and i'm done eating at 10 30 in the morning and so the rest of the day you don't eat uh, yeah i don't eat what just water it's coffee okay yeah are you on that plan not really <laughs> not entirely i mean i um i eat a lot less sugar than i ever did in the past uh a lot more protein um so for breakfast a couple of hard-boiled eggs for lunch uh half a bag of frozen vegetables uh, that i heat up in the microwave at work uh with some usually some sliced turkey and then whatever my wife feeds me for dinner which is usually pretty healthy like salmon sweet potatoes asparagus oh is your wife ecstatic about your transformation yeah, I think she was very happy about it. She never never criticized me for how fat I had gotten, but she was uh, happy that I got straightened out. She actually came to work out with me, and she is she's involved as well. She's as, as is my son. And yeah. um, are are so. you married? Yes. And and what does your wife think about your transformation? Um, you know, she's got her own mind on what we do. You know, but she's glad I take care of myself. You know. Yeah, I'm ecstatic that my wife works out. It's like yeah. the greatest thing next to yeah. my kids. It's the greatest thing that anyone could ever give yeah. me. Like the mm -hmm. fact that my wife stays healthy is like. Oh, yeah. It's a major deal. It's huge. Yeah. yeah. It's huge. It's um, That's offensive when your mate doesn't take care of themselves. Yeah, you know is. what I mean? Yeah. It's like uh, if there's four doctors in your box. Now, there's more than that. There's a couple more. There's, okay, let's yeah, say six. six. Yeah. And there are 7,000 boxes in the United States. And that's 42,000 doctors that know. Even if you cut that in half, let's be super conservative and say that there's 20,000. And so that's one of the things that Greg is doing right now. He's in the process of bringing all of those doctors together. And that's going to be one of the huge um, functions of CrossFit Health also. I'll definitely put you in contact with them. We'll have lunch with them today. But there, and, and it's amassing. The list is growing very, very, very quickly. And uh, it's going to be a very powerful uh, voice. Well, what they're going to have to do. You're going to tell Greg at lunch, too, but tell me now. Uh, yeah, I'll tell him at lunch. Yeah. But he won't mean to be critical, but. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're. And Greg's going to love you. He loves a math guy. I haven't even told him you're a math guy yet. He <laughs> loves, he, I mean, Greg's a math nut. They're, they're in it for themselves right now. Now, I understand that, and God bless him, because I've been at a doctor's cert, you know, at the Decatur Memorial Hospital. Right, right, when, right. And Greg first, was first hospital affiliate, right. Yeah. Uh, but what they don't understand, it's beyond them. Meaning? Dr. Bax. Okay, he got fit mm -hmm. and saw the light. Right. And hell, he changed his practice. Right. Right. And he's influencing other doctors, and he's way too humble. I'd be blowing smoke all over the place with people that I've saved lives. <laughs> right. You know. You have 250. Well, yeah. yeah. You yeah. got it. You squeezed it in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was trying to get influential people. Right. Okay, to start with. But really, some of the most influential people I've gotten have been like Denise, and you probably see, here's a lady 70 years old that weighed 130, and her visceral fat was 
not not out of hand, but anyhow, she dramatically changed. You can't shut her up. So he's he's your prodigy because not only did he make the change himself, but that wasn't your goal. Your goal was just to then not only have him make the change, but become a believer. Yeah, yeah. And, well, not and, only a believer, but an evangelist. Yeah, evangelist. Thank you. And that become authentic. Right. And that was going to be difficult because it was going to um, go in the face of so much of what he already knew. Yeah, I, you know, uh, I don't, you know, I don't blame anybody on anything. You know, my goal is to. What are you going to do about it? You know, let's. You know, the the the, the, the schools that teach doctors don't do anything for exercise, don't know, you know, that's where CrossFit needs to be. Don't do anything for, you know, and so their excuse is, well, I didn't learn any of that. Very so, little on nutrition. Yeah, not not on nutrition, you yeah. know. And uh, um, so um, we, we, we've got a lot to do. Well, I think one of the things that hasn't panned out the way Mike, you know, I hope you don't mind me saying this, is the idea that my transformation would inspire other physicians to follow suit has not really been the case because what's I mean it's, it's inspired other patients because they're more, more open-minded but the medical community and this surprised me to some extent but I think I've seen enough of it now I can say this out loud when we hear when I I'm put myself in their place as a physician is working in a large group and he's part of a hospital based you know culture whatever is told there's a different way to do this. They don't hear there's a different way to do this. They're here, you're telling me I'm doing it wrong. Right. And so the natural human reaction is prove it to me. Right. And not only that, prove it to me beyond a reasonable doubt or even any doubt. So they demand the randomized controlled, double blind, placebo controlled t trial right. to prove that it's really effective. They don't take evidence of people changing before their eyes as enough. It's, that's anecdotal. That's uh, one case that's a, that, that doesn't meet our burden of proof. But it's all rather self-reinforcing to no change in the culture. Therefore, the swamp continues as it is. So I think it's, I don't want to underestimate, you know, that, that problem. Um, I think the physicians who are in boxes, first of all, if you're an orthopedic surgeon in the box, you're not going to be having, you're not going to have, you're going to see the problem of metabolic disease in your practice because it's going to mean that now you can't do a joint replacement on a patient who's, whose BMI is over 40 because the guidelines say you can't. Uh, why? Because they get terrible outcomes. They're usually diabetic. They're poorly controlled. They have high infection rates, and, and they're a mess. So that part would be self-serving, but they aren't going to really take it into their practice and then translate that unless they are actually treating these things themselves. So you're going to be needing to right. focus on the internists and the family physicians and the nurse practitioners that work in these specialty areas. Um, you know, those that are doing, you know, brain surgeons aren't going to be helpful uh, Emergency room doctors aren't going to be particularly helpful. I'm sorry. It's going to be the primary care physicians. And then you add in the pediatricians down the road because this is affecting Oh, God, kids I too. hope you're right. Yeah, the <clears throat> pediatricians. Isn't it, isn't it crazy, the irony that they want the double-blind study and the peer review and the consensus yeah. and blah, blah, when it's all so corrupt? It's like yeah. replication crisis. I mean, it's just it's well, insane what has happened. Well, I was listening to the podcast you did with Greg um, on September 6th, and I was told that was actually the first, first yes. podcast, and yep. he was talking about the Coca-Cola and the CDC. Right. And the references in the CDC recommendations, like what, three references against sugar and a hundred and some against saturated fat. Right. And 
is it a coincidence the CDC and Coca Cola are both headquartered in Atlanta, Georgia? I don't know. It's, it's there. There is this. Oh, there's a there's a, a incestuous relationship um, that's the, going the, on. The wiki article is amazing, but basically you can see that the the land that the CDC was built on, I believe, some people should look into this, but was purchased with a dollar donation from Coca Cola or something. There was some mm-hmm. sort of land donation. I mean, they're right. they're bedfellows. And we, you know, we in Central Illinois. If we start preaching too loudly about high fructose corn syrup, we drive our farmer clients. You know, our, and that's the economy absolutely insane. And you know, so it, there's, there's a tremendous amount of vested interest in the status quo that's not going to go. Oh, you're, you know, gosh, you guys are right. We're wrong. We'll give up. You know, come on in, change everything. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. How long have you been married? Close to forty years. Is there is there a, a secret to that? Is there advice you would have to someone who's starting on the journey of marriage? Where is this going? You oh. never know in here. <laughs> How did you guys meet? Oh, I, she was selling records. <laughs> records for, for those of you who don't know, records are these um, <laughs> these things that go on record players. They're vinyl. And uh, you should look that up. They're really cool. Okay, so she sold records at a record store. Yeah, she was cool. And you walked in. Did you listen to records? No. But <laughs> and, uh, I do. And you began the courtship yeah. process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 40 years later, you're still together? Yeah. And... Is there anything that stands out that you're like, yeah, anything you tell your daughter or your son-in-law? Yeah, uh, well, they're products of it. You know, uh, you know, y- y- when it all settles, we really got some good kids. You did good. Really good kids. You're a good trainer, you're a good father, you have good yeah. kids. Yeah. You don't have a, uh, nothing stands out? You know, Are you an exceedingly patient, man? Uh, as time is going on, going on, uh, I'm able to be really who I am, and that's important to me. Uh, I've seen a lot of good things. I've seen a lot of things go down, and uh, there's a hell of a future in front, and I and I, I couldn't be happier. You know, and uh, I. I as tough as it was to be a mathematician and drink beer and take out good-looking girls and play football, uh-huh. it was still a good thing for me to do. Right. Because it's carried me through the years. I don't have a problem writing a, reading a book cover to cover and taking notes at it and then maybe going back and reading it again and uh, finding out um, that uh, really everything that needs to be discovered probably is already there it's just executing putting it together and sifting through the noise right yeah and and the resistance you get tremendous resistance as soon as you come up with something that was creative and you be creative uh, all of a sudden Pressfield's right Steve Pressfield wrote uh, The War of Art I don't know if you ever read that. No, but I, that was going to be my final question to you. Is that the book everyone should read, the takeaway from here? The War of Art, Steve Pressfield? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Or do the work. That's another one. Same author? Same author. Okay. I found that on your website. Oh, of course. Yes, I've read both of them. <laughs> About 10 years ago, the do the work was recommended. How come you haven't opened your own affiliate? Why do you stay at the, at the, at the same one? What uh, you- I really don't have time. No, I, I, I got a good deal. Yeah. I, uh, we get along phenomenally well. You and the owners. Yep. <laughs> and it's, it's January 6th. We're having a membership-wide meeting. And Molly and Tim are going to lay out the future. Awesome. And the future's health. We, we, it's, it's great you say that because at the beginning of this year, Greg, we had a membership meeting here at the office, and Greg's come in here two or three times this year and pulled the whole team together and reiterated that, yeah, that this is, we have the fittest people in the world are doing CrossFit, and it's time to get the least fittest people in the world doing CrossFit, and we'll worry about the people in the middle. Um, hopefully, they'll, they'll either look up or look down, but we got to get them. We got to get those really influential people. And, and, and what's happened as much as anything is we're willing to work and work day and night. Right. Is we can measure now. We can measure. And that's big. And it isn't how many squats we can do, but it, it's measure. We can measure our visceral fat. And that's a better indicator than blood pressure. Is that that? The in body? In body, yeah. In body, okay. Yeah, three three minutes, you're done. And do all the clients at CrossFit Instinct do that? Most. You get people that don't want to be measured. Right. You can't force it. Right, right. Well, thank you very much. I think we're ready to work out. We're ready to work out. Yeah. All right. Have you worked out today? No. Uh, okay. I think we're supposed to do that at, at like prior to at twelve. It's eleven forty-two. Yeah. yeah. Out now and then you won't eat afterwards. Uh, I, I haven't eaten since we ate yesterday. Oh, so you'll make it. Oh, cause you're saving it for lunch today. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thank you yeah. for shifting your eating schedule <laughs> a little <laughs> for our lunch. All right, that's good. Thank you.